Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop. Today, like every week, we're trialing a different kind of booze, finding out the history and exploring it for you. That's right. And today, we are talking about apple brandy, specifically Calvados. Yeah, we're talking about the the apple brandy. We're trying something new. I've never had this one before. So, let's give it a go. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. So, very first impression, like, I, I really like the smell. I haven't even poured it yet. It's, it smells like brandy, but, but like cider at the same time. I'm, I'm really intrigued. All right, let me pour this. So, while I'm pouring this, Mikkel, can you give us a brief rundown on what this actually is yes so what calvados apple brandy is is um, as you would expect and it's an apple brandy and more specifically it is uh, calvados is an apple or pear brandy from the normandy region of france and the area of Calvados within that region. It is distilled from cider made from specially grown and selected apples from over 200 named varieties. And it's uh, in fact common for producers of Calvados to use a variation of apples that are sweet, tart, or bitter. And in fact, they use some apples in making the drink that are inedible. That you just wouldn't eat them ever. That blows my mind. Like, the, you wouldn't eat these, but we'll make them into a drink. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, they, they harvest the fruit and they process it into a juice that is then fermented into a dry cider. That cider is then distilled into eau de vie, which literally translates as water of life. And uh, that's a colorless, clear fruit brandy with a very light flavor. But then they put that into oak casks and age it for a minimum of two years. And after that, they can call it Calvados and sell it. But generally, they'll age it for longer than that because the longer it ages, the smoother it is. And it's uh, quite common for Calvados to be allowed to mature for a good seven years. And except the, the one that we have is probably only about two years. Let me... I don't. I, I see a batch number, but I don't see a date. Ah, and yeah. So the the age on a Calvados bottle refers to the youngest part of the blend because they are normally a blend, and the blend usually consists of old and young Calvados, with high quality Calvados usually having parts that are much older than what's actually mentioned on the label. But Calvados is sometimes made from a single source, generally a very good year. And if that's the case, the year it was made is normally on the label. So th- I would say this is just a, a regular one. Uh, it does how it. This particular one, however, has won silver at the 2018 International Spirits Competition, International Wine and Spirits Competition. So it's not supposed to be pretty good. So it's called 
the Chateau de Bruil, Bruil, Calvados Pays Diorge. And it is a fine Calvados, which is of the regular variety. Yeah, so the uh, Pays Diorge, however, comes down to production and legal definitions and things and that they're allowed to put on there based on what they've done with it and how they've produced it. Yeah, the, the Pays Diorge is the uh, AOC designation. Yes, and it is the most restrictive of the designations. The standard ones, uh, the standard AOC Calvados area includes all of the Calvados, Menche, and Orne departments and parts of Ua, Mayonnaise, South, and Ua et Loire. And the AOC Calvados makes up over 70% of the total production. They have to be aged in oak barrels for a minimum of two years. The geographical area is defined. The apples and pears are defined side of varieties. The procedures in production, such as pressing, fermentation, distillation, and aging, are regulated. And usually, single-column distillation is used. Mm. However, the bottle we've got is from the much more restrictive AOC Calvados Pays the Edge area and is limited to the east end of the Department of Calvados and a few adjoining districts. It is extensively quality controlled with the basic rules for AOC Calvados together with several additional requirements. Mm. It's also aged for a minimum of two years in oak barrels, but it is double distilled in an alembic pot still. Same kind of pot stills I make cognac in. Yeah, and uh, so they also they control the flavor elements mm. and they have to be fermented for a minimum of six weeks when they're making the cider portion. Yeah, like so, it, sm- it smells delicious. I've got to remember to um, hold it by the bowl this time and not the stem. I forced myself to hold it by the stem, but now in this particular case, since we're drinking it out of brandy snifters or brandy bol- balloons... We need, we need to, to hold it like one. Yeah, because and, it's a brandy. Yeah, because it's a brandy. So here goes. And it's an interesting smell. It's sort of sweet but tart. Yeah. And it's got um, similar similar notes to port. Yeah, very. Like a couple of similarities. You can definitely smell the apple, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it also smells similar to other brandies that, yeah. that we've tried. But yeah. yeah, that apple hint is very present right. in the nose. Hmm. Oh, that's... Interesting. Yeah. I don't know about this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what I think of it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, first, like, on the on the, on the the lips, it's a lot like uh, gin. It's very bitey as it passes through your lips. Um, the, oh, the aftertaste is interesting. Same aftertaste as cider. Yeah. I mean, there's still there's a little bit of heat from it, mm. which I suppose you'd expect. Well, it's a 40%. Yeah, and that's somewhat odd when it it has the aftertaste of cider, but you get that warming feeling Yeah, at pretty much the same time that that aftertaste kicks in, which is a little odd. But uh, they say that Calvados is best drunk 
in the tradition of Le Trou Normand or the Norman Hall, which is a small drink of Calvados taken between courses in a meal, in very long meals, sometimes with an apple or pear sorbet, Mm. to reawaken the appetite. But it can apparently also be served as an aperitif or blended in drinks or have uh, can be had between meals as a digestive or with coffee. Mm. And, um, yeah, flavor-wise, it should apparently be reminiscent of apples and pears, depending on which one it's made of, and uh, balanced with flavors of aging. And I think there is a slight hint of oak to it, so I can see where the aging has come in. Yeah, you can definitely taste that it's got it's been that it's been aged. Mm. It's got those, um, yeah, it's got that those uh, barrel barrel flavors yeah. like you'd expect from an aged brandy or a whiskey. But yeah, it definitely hasn't been aged long because the the apple is more present. Yeah, it yeah. Supposedly, the longer it's aged, the more the taste resembles any other brandy. Yeah, and. It's really bitey, so of course mm. it's quite young. Yeah, and it becomes more golden and darker brown with orange elements mm. and red mahogany as it ages. But certainly, they describe that the nose and palate are usually delicate with a concentration of aged apples and dried apricots blended with butterscotch, nut, and chocolate aromas. Now, I'm not picking up the chocolate. No. But but that could be for a different That, that could be, because they're, they're just being... Very general, general in, yeah. in this description that yeah. we've found here. So, because well, because we've started talking about aging, let's uh, let's talk about the aging categories. The age, yeah, the aging categories for Calvados because yes. they're, they're basically the same as brandy. You got your fine, your Troy Atoll, Troy Poms, or VS, which is barrel aged for a minimum of two years. What we're drinking today, yeah. You got the VU or Reserve, oak barrel aged for a minimum of three years. You got your in the next car- in the next category. There's the VO, the VL, v, v, VL Reserve, V E I double L E, VLO, VLE, V I double VLA probably VLA 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 Reserve or VSOP. Uh, which is oak barrel aged for minimum of four years, and then you've got your extra, your XO, your your, your Napoleon, your Hors Dieges, your Treville Reserve, or Trevio, which is these are aged for at least six years. Mm. And yeah, so obviously your older ones, your really good ones, yeah, they're the ones that have hit the seven year mark and possibly longer. And they've also hit the double, the triple digit mark in price. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I still don't know what to think of this. This is because I'm I'm not a huge fan of brandy as a general rule. Mm. It's just not really my thing. However, this is not bad. No, but but obviously and I don't normally drink spirits neat. Yeah, and we are going to try this two ways because as we know. There is a distinct difference between room temperature and chilled for the flavors of any spirit. Yeah. And brandy can be consumed chilled. Now, what I hadn't done before, and what I'm doing now, is to actually hold it 
in my hand so that it warms mm. because brandies should generally be held constantly so that the temperature actually increases to slightly above room temperature warmed by the hand of the person who is drinking it. And so you look like an utter snob while drinking it. That as well, <laughs> yes. When in fact you're just going, no, no, it's just the best way to drink it. I want all the flavours. Yes, yes. But only if that's how you speak. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like most um, most brandies, or well, most uh, aged spirits are not meant to be drunk over ice. They, well, the, all the traditionalists recommend you drink it neat, straight up. Yeah, and but you... but this is one of the ones where they do where the traditionalists do recommend it over ice. Yeah, and so because it's a brandy and thus as a brandy recommended to be consumed at room temperature or slightly above, we're trying it that way. But then because it's Calvados, we're also going to try it the other way. Yeah. <laughs> because there's that's a very big difference between this is a brandy, don't you dare chill it, and... This is Calvados. This is Calvados. Bring it on. <laughs> chill it. Yeah. yeah. Have some ice. And also, it's, uh, it's supposed to be good in cocktails. Like people, people are actually saying yes. This has a, a has a bunch of good flavors to enhance cocktails. Most uh, most spirits, are, people are saying, oh, you mix it because you can drink it easier. Yeah, though with some things you do just use them to enhance flavors in cocktails. I found myself making some really interesting but delicious cocktails since I got some more obscure things in my bar from producing this podcast. Yeah, like, uh, uh, what's the stuff from Brazil? Oh, C- yes. Cachaça. Uh, Cachaça, yeah. Yeah, like that's, I have been starting to prefer that over white rum because it's got a different flavor. Yeah, and it still works where you might use white rum in a cocktail. Mm. And plus you get to sound fancy because you're having cachaça or a yeah. caparina. Or, yeah, caparina, <laughs> yes. But since we are talking Calvados and cocktails, I'll uh, just name off three cocktails that use it, which is uh, Angel Face, which consists of gin, Calvados, and apricot brandy. I have two of those things. Two out of three. Mm. And the apple cart. Which is Calvados Contro or Triple Sec, mm-hmm. lemon and an apple wedge to garnish. Oh, yeah. And the Corpse Reviver, which oh. is cognac, Calvados, and white or red vermouth. I've heard of that one before. I didn't know that had uh, Calvados in it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, they're, they're the three that I was able to find immediately without a moment's searching there was just bam there they are wow and so i'm guessing they're the most popular and certainly they all sound like they're probably pretty good like i could see the flavors of gin and apricot brandy working quite well Mm. with the flavors in the calvados yeah and same as i could see the sweetness of contro sort of cutting through the tartness that's in the Calvados. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. 
So let's get into a, a little bit more history or more recent history. So uh, Calvados uh, peaked in the uh, late 19th or the middle of the 19th century with the uh, Philozera outbreak. Obviously, wine and brandy was getting much harder to find back then. So what did they turn to? They turned to the Normandy region and and they were like, please help me get drunk. And We're running said, out of good things. And they said, we have apples and we have pears. We, they said, we've got you covered. Yeah. <laughs> we can make cider and you can make the cider stronger. Yeah. And so that's what they did. So before... Before this outbreak, Calvados was mostly a farmer's drink. Obviously, they had a ton of apples and they, you know, just wanted to... What They they used what they had to get drunk, as yeah. you do. But most likely, they'd have started by making cider. Mm. And then... And then when they realised people were making brandy out of wine, I bet some actually smart person thought... Hey, what about if we try the same thing with cider? Yeah, if you can distill wine, why not distill cider? Yeah. And then and here we go. We have Calvados. The other part that I find really fascinating is the name. People were calling it Calvados before Calvados was a region. And they they create the with the French Revolution, the Calvados region is created, but cider UDV was already called Calvados by the population. And so, after the revolution, they people just called it Calvados anyway. Like, more people... Well, the, the upper class called it, started calling it Calvados as opposed to just the uh, farmers. Yeah. That name undoubtedly originated from the cluster of rocks off the English Channel that was nearby. That is... You know, quite possibly the reason why the locals called it that anyway. Yeah, one popular legend ascribes the the name to Salvador, a ship from the Spanish Armada that sank by the rocks near Aromanches Lebanes. I think I pronounced that wrong, but I tried. Uh, in 1588. But it's more likely that the name Calvados was derived from Calvadorsa. Cal- Calvadorsa, meaning barebacks in in reference to two sparsely vegetated rocks off the shore. After the golden age of Calvados, World War One happened, and cider brandy was requisitioned for use in armaments because it contained alcohol. Of course it was. I'm sure they shipped it right alongside regular brandy, or wine brandy. Yeah, and uh, but then the Appellation Controle regulations gave Calvados a protected name in 1942... And so after the war, many cider houses and distilleries were rebuilt, mainly in the Pays d'Orge area, and many of the traditional farmhouse structures were replaced by modern agriculture with high output, allowing the Calvados Appalachian system to come back into its own. Yeah. And then from 1984 to 96, it began increased production, and the Pomo got its recognition in 1991, and in 1997, an appellation for Domfront with 30% pears was created. Yeah. Very cool. 
I love it. Yeah. I, I love the history more than the drink. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> I think I also like the history more than the drink. Um, I mean, when, whenever anything is like doing really well in, say, the early 1900s or the late 1800s, yeah. there's always that foreshadowing of, but this is a thing doing well in Europe. Yes. The war is coming. <laughs> and yeah. then suddenly thing not doing so well. Well, I mean... People are still drinking it. It it's not very popular. There was only one bottle, one brand of Calvados available in our favorite bottle shop. So it's not very popular in Australia, but they produce eighteen thousand hectoliters or six point four million seven hundred mil bottles of Calvados per year. 50% of that is exported to the rest of Europe, including Germany, Belgium, UK, Italy, and they also export it to Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. And 50%. So 3.2 million bottles go out, get exported. Mm. That, like, that's a lot of bottles. But yeah, I mean, when, when compared to many other things, it's a drop in the bucket. True. But for something that comes out of a small region of and don't take this personally France you're you're just a small country but it comes out of a small region of a small country it's yeah it's a relatively small country yeah and you can cross it in a couple of hours and we we're, we're in the same state if we drive for a couple of hours hell we're in the same city well that that depends on what time of the day it is in peak hour you could take an hour to cross a bridge yeah but champagne is a tiny region in France and that produces so much bubbly, so oh, much sparkling yeah. wine. Ludicrous amounts of sparkling white yeah. wine. That, that must be one of the only things they produce in that region. Mm. But, I mean, that's the trick. Com- comparatively... Yeah, compared to it's Champagne. It's not an awful lot. Or even compared to Cognac and Armagnac. Those re- those regions, they produce hardly anything. They're like, Calvados is very, very far behind in the, the production volumes for those two other regi- regions. However, most of that production is probably due to good marketing on behalf of the brandies. Yeah, undoubtedly. And, of course, brandy does definitely have that uh, positive stigma. Yeah, the classy people drink it. Or you drink if you drink this, you are classy kind of vibe. Yeah. I yes. hadn't heard of Calvados before, so it doesn't have that stereotype attached to it, I guess. But it yeah, probably, oh, definitely not. but it probably does. Uh, all right, shall we pour? I'm going to pause this and pour us some over ice. So, just poured ourselves the second second drink for the evening. We have it over ice this time, just to have that comparison for you guys, so you can decide on which you'd prefer. If you like gin, definitely have it neat without ice. Uh, with ice, let's find out. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Well, immediately it smells different. Yeah, it doesn't have that uh, strong ethanol smell anymore. Mm. Or that, yeah, that that bitey alcoholic yeah, smell. It, it smells sweeter. It smells, you can smell the apples more clearly now too. Much more clearly. It smells more like cider now, actually. Yeah. And taste. Though, that. Ooh. It. <laughs> Pretty much tastes the same, but cold. Oh, oh, really? 
Some slight differences. Shit, you're right. But pretty much the same, but cold. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. It, actually, it tastes more like a typical brandy. Um, but more apple flavors are much clearer. Yeah, the apple flavors are definitely clearer, and it's more brandy, but it's still very similar. Yeah. How curious. Yeah, there's not nearly as distinct a difference as there often is when you chill something. Yeah, like the when I had the uh, when we did the Canadian whiskey episode, I tried that chilled because I thought that was that was a smart idea. It lost all its flavor. Yeah, like neat compared to over ice, it was so so different. Like just that chilling factor, the ice cube, it stripped a lot of flavor and smell out of it. It was not as nice as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and well, I would imagine that the intention in chilling Calvados is to dull the tartness and bring out some of the sweetness. It sort of does it, that, but only but, mi- only mildly. Yeah, no, not as um, it's not as pronounced a difference as I expected. The note is very different. It's very different on the nose. It's much easier to smell, that's for certain. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the apple is more pronounced, with, without a doubt. It's 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 almost got a, a farmyard smell now. That's mm. what I'm trying to pick. Yeah. Like a farm... Like a horse pasture smell. Because I, I walk past a... a sta- there's a, a, a stable nearby my work, because it's near a race course. And you can smell a bit of that grassy farmyard in mm. there. Yeah, a little, little bit like yeah, grassy farmyard, a little bit like horse dung. Yeah, no, no there, there's well, no, there's no horse shit smell, but it's. But it kind of smells like a farmyard. It does kind of smell, yeah. Without without the shit, it does kind of smell like a farmyard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, a farmyard with some apple trees growing in it, because mm. it is sort of the apple smell smells fresher. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. That's that slight hint of difference in the apple fragrance is that it smells fresher. I think I finally put my finger on it. Mm. It just smells mm-hmm. fresher. Weirdly enough, I actually like it warmer. Yeah, same. Like it, I it, prefer the smell cold. Yeah, but the, the flavor profile when it's warm is mm. is nicer. Yeah, the aftertaste too, actually. This this drink is throwing all of my preferences up in yeah. the air. <laughs> but it, it explains those figures that we mentioned earlier, though. With only selling 6.4 million bottles a yeah. year. Well, compared to how many bottles of brandy? Mm, well, yeah, brandy and cognac in 2017 sold 1.6 billion bottles. Bottles, And so and that, that 6.4 million would be part of that, but that's a very small part. 0.01% or 0.1? Yeah. yeah. It's tiny. Teeny, tiny percent. Yep. Yeah. I kind of like it. Like it's not bad, but it it's different. It, yeah, and I have to have to adjust to the flavors. But yeah, yeah, I think I, like I, I'd get I'd get this again. Yeah, I think like a lot of drinks, it's it's a taste that would grow on you, mm. and that's yeah, because there's a lot of things that we've tried, like brandy I and mean, wine, for example, is it's an acquired taste. A lot of the stronger flavored drinks. Mm are an acquired taste, and you come even, to like them, and you come to enjoy them. Even beers and ciders, they're, they're acquired tastes. Yeah. Even when you like beer, you can have an IPA and not like it. 
Yeah, you can hit something that's 60 IBUs and go, whoa! And then yeah. later you'll have it again and go, hey, I like this. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, like like exactly like the first time I had an IPA and the next time I had an IPA. Yeah. <laughs> yes, precisely like that. Yeah. Yeah, this is weird. Um, it, another thing I really need to we really need to talk about is the fact that they use two hundred, up to two hundred different varieties of apples. Well, they have two hundred varieties of apples to use to make this Calvados. Yeah, I mean, there's more than that apparently somehow, which I I was not aware. I thought there was like five, and they're the ones that you can buy at the local grocery store. Yeah, like like Granny Smith and Pink Lady and. Whatever. Red Delicious. Red Delicious, yeah. <laughs> it's up there. Red yeah, delicious. no, they used like 200, which makes me think that they're using apples like craft brewers use hops and barley. Yeah, they're just playing around with it and going, I wonder what it would do if I juiced this and put that in the mix. Yeah, Ex- except you got to wait a little bit longer to see if that works. Well, yeah, a couple of years. No biggie. Mm. A couple of years. However, I wonder, like, because, you know, the French have been making Calvados for 500 years. They probably have a, a technique. They're probably able to taste the the raw cider before it gets distilled and aged. They're probably able to taste the raw product and predict where it's going to end up. Yeah, which is something that you couldn't really do. You can't do that with beer production. Well, you sort of. Um, you you can obviously smell the the wort the wort getting made, and you can taste the 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 malt mixture after you've cooked it. You can taste the hot mixture as it goes into the fermentation uh, thing. <laughs> I've forgotten what what it's called. Um, but I don't know. I suppose a trained person could. Someone with experience in that industry could uh, predict what it's going to taste like. If I was doing it, I'd probably just throw a few things in the in the fermentation container and cross my fingers. Yeah, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Surely you wouldn't even need to leave it. Like you could put it in and let it age for a little while or not age at all. And potentially in tasting before you even began the aging process get a rough idea of where it was going to go. Hmm. Yeah. I suppose that would help you when things take two to three years to get good. All right. I think we've uh, we've gone off on a bit of tangent, so that's time to wrap it up. Uh, if you like what you heard, we'd love you to hit that subscribe button, smash that like button, whatever you want to do. We're on your favorite podcast app, uh, Spotify, Google Play Music, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, that too. Your favorite podcast app. You can find us as a good drop all about alcohol. We are still on the socials as we were last time, as we will be next time. You can find <laughs> us on Facebook, Instagram as a good drop podcast. If you have any feedback, questions, comments, if you have a bottle of if you have something you, you think we should try send us an email to a good drop at gmail.com 
And don't forget our good, good old-fashioned website where you can go to for uh, particular episodes if you want to easily share it with uh, friends, if you want to spread the word. It is a gooddrop.com.au. So, next week. Yeah, next week we'll be back to wines, back mm. to the noble grape varieties. Yeah, we're going to talk about the heaviest of the noble grapes. Talking Malbec. Mm. I'm keen. I'm excited. I haven't had Malbec before. I hadn't even heard of Malbec until the podcast. Mm, I, I haven't had it before either. I have two bottles of it sitting in my wine rack. Who? Just waiting for us to record that episode. Of course you have. Of course you have. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that episode. Yeah, so, me too. Very excited. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.